evidence and answers. You're tuned to Evidence and Answers. Evidence and Answers is a Christian apologetics ministry led by Dr. Pat Zucaran. Pat provides compelling messages from top apologetic scholars defending the Christian worldview and provides valuable resources for every person seeking answers to life's questions, as well as addressing key issues of our time and serves to equip Christians who want to effectively engage their world for Christ. The last time we were together, Pat was sharing a question of the week. We were looking at why God doesn't make himself more obvious. Well, today, let's continue on with part two. Aloha, everyone, and welcome back to another week of Question of the Week here at the Honolulu Christian Church. This is a ministry with the Honolulu Christian Church and Evidence and Answers. And so each week, we are going to tackle some of the toughest questions that believers, seekers, and even skeptics ask about Christianity. So I hope this shows a great blessing to you. It addresses some of the questions that you're being asked or that you're asking yourself. Now, if you think of something during the week, go to pat at evidenceandanswers.org, pat at evidenceandanswers.org, and send me your question, and then we'll tackle your question perhaps on a later show in the future. But we'll try to get to all the questions that come into us live uh, today on this channel or when you email me at pat at evidenceandanswers.org. And we cover a lot of material really quick here. And so if you want to take your time and look at this further, you can watch the Honolulu Christian Church YouTube site or uh, my YouTube site there. And you can see rebroadcasting of this show at your own convenience. And if you want to hear other scholars speaking on the things that we cover, I recommend you go to our website there at evidenceandanswers.org, evidenceandanswers.org. Top scholars, Christian scholars addressing some of these really challenging issues of our day. Now, what we went over last week is the hiddenness of God. You know, why isn't the evidence much more obvious or clearer? If God exists, you know, why doesn't he make the evidence so obvious that no one could deny his existence? For example, why doesn't he put a glowing cross in the sky or strike people down with lightning, you know, as soon as they disobey him or blaspheme his name? And I gave you about three answers last week before we went to our questions. I'm going to finish out answering the questions with three further points here. Now, let me just review what we went over last week. First of all, there's no guarantee that if God would put a glowing cross in the sky or do a vast array of miracles that people would believe. As I stated, history shows, and even in the Bible, right, when God did a vast array of miracles like the Exodus, not everyone believed. In fact, that generation of the Exodus that saw his great miracles went into apostasy soon after, and that generation ended up dying in the desert for their unbelief. Second, we need a reasonable standard all right, we need to set a reasonable standard. We make decisions on reasonable evidence, not absolute evidence, and 100% certainty, all questions answered. We don't have that kind of standard. If we did, we couldn't function in life, all right? We have a reasonable standard. We're reasonably sure, but we never get to absolute certainty. And we need to ask then, 
you know, what is the best explanation for the evidence we do have? Third, I said God gives enough evidence to preserve human free will, all right? He gives enough evidence that those who want to pursue God are free to pursue Him. He gives you just enough evidence and those who are truly seeking to know truth and to find God will be given more evidence as they pursue. He gives enough light in that tunnel so that if you walk towards the light, you'll get more light. But he also gives enough light that if you want to turn away and go into the darkness well, and live in the shadows, then you can, right? So he gives enough evidence to preserve our fuel, but he doesn't overwhelm us. And if we turn and walk away, he's not going to stalk us, right? God is not a cosmic stalker, and he will not strong arm us or force us into a relationship with him that we do not want. See, God is a God of love. Creatures made in his image, he desires a love relationship with them. And love requires the ability to choose, free will, all right? And he has to give enough evidence to maintain that free will. We would be resentful if we were forced into a relationship against our will. So those are the three reasons I gave. And here are a few more. One of the reasons God remains hidden or he kind of holds back and it's not so obvious about revealing himself, is that he's restraining himself to show something about our true inner character, to reveal what we are truly like. Let me give you an example, all right? The sheriff in the tavern. The sheriff receives a call and he says, they, we got a bunch of troublemakers here in the tavern. Now, if the sheriff walks into the tavern in his full uniform, with let's say a couple of his deputies, all right? And he walks into the tavern, how's everyone gonna act? <laughs> They're all gonna act good, right? Their true nature, how they truly really act uh, when the authority is not around, is not revealed. Because when the sheriff is there, they're gonna act good. Now, if the sheriff really wants to find out who the troublemakers are, he needs to find out the true nature of the people in there and how they really act without restraint. And so what do sheriffs do? Well, they come in undercover, all right? Or they have a hidden camera there. And so they seem not present or, you know, their presence is very weak and unnoticed. And then the people in the tavern there will reveal their true character. And the true troublemakers then will indeed reveal their true character and act the way they normally act. Now, you mothers out there and you fathers, you know this principle, right? Johnny, the oldest son there, treats his younger siblings great when mom or dad is around, right? But as soon as mom or dad leaves, well, it's a whole different story. So God is going to judge mankind justly on the evil that we commit, on truly who we truly are and have that revealed not only in public but to ourselves his case is greatly strengthened if he allows men and women to carry out their deeds and to publicly display their true inner character revealed in their acts if God spanked people or struck people down or disciplined them immediately when they disobeyed him people would be obeying God out of fear rather than love and that kind of obedience is forced against one's will 
and no one, none of us, would want to be in that kind of relationship. So just as the sheriff allows a fight to break out in a tavern so he can have the best evidence on who the troublemakers are, God sometimes remains hidden or distant and he allows men to act out their evil deeds that their true character may be displayed. You know, there's a Bible verse on that, Ecclesiastes 8.11. It says, Because the sentence against an evil deed is not executed speedily, the heart of the children of man is fully set to do evil. So God often holds back to reveal the true heart and the true nature of man. And men and women thinking God is not present or weak commit the acts that are truly in their heart and their inner character is truly revealed and God's justice then is truly revealed. Next, some who truly do not want to believe will never have enough evidence to satisfy them. I think you know some people like that. God has given us sufficient evidence that he exists and I think the evidence for his existence is more compelling. It outweighs the atheist argument there. Now, the Bible says that wicked men distort the truth that is already given to them. And men who do not want to acknowledge a God, who want to live in their unbelief and live as the way they please, will find a way to distort the evidence. And given that this is man's basic tendency, how clear does the evidence need to be before everyone in the world will be convinced and not explain it away? You know, we see a lot of that. Uh, I remember the story of the man who said, I'm dead, I'm dead. And his wife looked at him and said, no, you're not dead. And he said, yes, I'm dead. I am dead. And she goes, all right. And she took him to the doctor. She said, if I we talk to the doctor, all right, will you be convinced? And he said, okay, yeah, I'll be convinced if the doctor can medically confirm I'm not dead. So she makes an appointment with the doctor and goes to the doctor's office. The doctor looks at him and says, what's the problem here, sir? And he goes, I'm dead. Doctor, I'm dead. And the doctor looked at him and said, no, you're not dead. You're fine. Right? And the guy said, well, no, I know I'm dead. And, he, and the doctor says, look, I'm a medical doctor. I know you're not dead. And he said, no, I know I'm dead. So finally the doctor exasperated said, do dead men bleed? And the man said, no, dead men do not bleed. So the doctor said, all right. So he took a pen and pricked his finger and he started bleeding. And the man looked at it and said, oh my gosh, dead men do bleed, right? In other words, I mean, some people will just never have enough evidence to their satisfaction. And as I stated earlier, people of the Exodus, the people in the time of Elijah and Elisha, those who witnessed the resurrection of Christ and were there to see the empty tomb, many of them died in a state of unbelief. Right? Some people will just never have enough evidence. We see that in Luke chapter 16. Right? The rich man died and was in torment in hell. And Lazarus, the poor beggar who lived outside his door, who he did not show any mercy to, was in paradise with Father Abraham. And he said, Father Abraham, send someone to warn my brothers. And Abraham said, well, your brothers have Moses and the prophets. And he said, no, send Lazarus. If they see someone back from the dead, they'll believe. And Father Abraham said, no, 
they have Moses and the prophets. If they do not believe them, even if someone goes back from the dead, they will not believe. For some people, there's just not enough evidence, right? And God knows and history shows. No matter how clear the evidence may be for some committed to unbelief, there'll never be enough evidence. All right. And the final uh, reason is that God remains hidden so that his grace and justice are fulfilled. God gives the level of evidence he does for two reasons, grace and accountability. God will see that those who desire to know truth will indeed get more as they pursue him. Some people get sufficient evidence and believe, while some get more evidence and still do not believe. And God gives enough evidence that all of us are accountable. God states in Romans chapter 1 that we are all without excuse. God states he's given man enough evidence so men are without excuse. And mankind, according to Paul, says willfully rejects the evidence that is already given to them by God. And so he's not obligated to give them more. God does not give overwhelming evidence, but sufficient evidence that every person is responsible to respond to it. You know, in Matthew chapter 12, the Pharisees came to Jesus and said, Hey, teacher, show us a miracle. Show us a sign. Now, if you read in the Gospel of Matthew, Jesus had done several, numerous miracles already. And yet they come to him and the Pharisees and say, Show us a sign. All right. These people here were not asking honestly. If Jesus did another miracle, uh, they would not believe. And Jesus knew the intent of their hearts and that they were really not asking with honest intentions. So Jesus understood that he's not obligated to cater to the egos of those who will reject any evidence that they have in order to remain in their lifestyle. To demand God perform miracles or feats to meet our standards is expressing, you know, sovereignty over God. All right, the opposite of what God requires repentance and turning to him finally you know when engaging a skeptic ask them what is their standard upon which they make decisions I mean what is the skeptics standard here the same standard they set for Christians should be set for them in proving their position often they ha they set a standard so high that no one else can meet that standard. But when you put the same standard upon them, suddenly they cannot even meet their own standard. You know, in talking with a skeptic, he opened by saying, well, there's no proof that Christianity is true. Uh, this was on the radio a couple of years ago. I then presented him with the evidence for the existence of God, which surprised him. You know, and he acknowledged that uh, I had presented a reasonable case, but he was not convinced. And I presented evidence for the resurrection, and he tried to dismiss it as simply circumstantial. And then I asked him, well, what are his standards of credible evidence that would convince him that Christianity is true? You know, no one had ever asked him this before. And he paused for a while, and then he stated, well, the evidence needs to be so undeniable that it would not leave any doubt in anyone's mind, especially in my mind, that Christianity is true. I then said, all right, let's apply that same standard to your atheism. Provide positive evidence that God does not exist. Evidence 
that is so undeniable it would leave no doubt in anyone's mind that God does not exist. And he found himself caught in a dilemma here. And he paused for a long time there on the radio. And he realized he set the standard so high on everyone else when it was applied to him, he could not meet his own standard. All right, so we need to set reasonable standards here. All right, so those are some of the reasons for which God seems to remain hidden. Okay, let's get to some questions here. Question number one. Pat, is it really fair that God provides some people with more evidence than others? Those with more evidence are more likely to believe than those who had less evidence. Good question here. Now, once again, as I stated, there's no evidence that if you receive a lot of evidence, you're going to believe, right? History shows that there were periods where people received a lot of evidence and still did not believe. I think in our day, the evidence for the existence of God that, we're, that are coming through science is really compelling that there is an intelligent designer. And I think the evidence is mounting. And yet, most people still do not believe. Romans 1.18 speaks of this principle. It says, the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. They suppress it. For what can be known about God, it's plain to them because God has shown it to them. The evidence is there, Paul says. His invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in the things that he has made so that all men are without excuse. So although people have various amounts of evidences, okay, some more than others, all people have a sufficient amount of evidence where they should be able to make a reasonable decision that indeed a God or an intelligent creator does indeed exist. And so as Paul says, all people are without excuse. And some people have more evidence than others, yes, and still they do not believe. So God is fair in that he has provided a sufficient amount of evidence to all people. Let's take a look at the next question here. This question says, Pat, Christianity makes extraordinary claims, and extraordinary claims therefore require extraordinary proof. Great question here. And I think we'll see this question more often in different forms because I get this question quite a bit, all right? Extraordinary claims require extraordinary proof, okay? And I think in Christianity, that's what you have. I think you've got extraordinary proof. Take a look at the evidence for the existence of God. The fact that we have really compelling proof the universe has a beginning. And remember from our earlier shows, whatever has a beginning must have a cause. It's the universal law of causality. So if the universe has a beginning, what is the cause? And the law of cause and effect, every cause has an effect, every effect has a cause. No effect is greater than its cause. Whatever caused the universe is greater than the universe. And I think the God of the Bible makes a great uh, and reasonable choice here. Look at the complexity and design that we're seeing from the cell to the constants that hold the universe together, all right? I mean, the evidence continues to mount that the probability of, of something as so complex as the nucleus of a cell, as even 
as small as DNA. I mean, the probability of them coming about just by chance, the odds are so incredible now that it's becoming what mathematicians call, you know, a mathematical zero. It's becoming more and more highly improbable. And as we'll study in future shows, I think the evidence for the historical reliability of the Gospels, uh, over 5,000 manuscripts of the New Testament, you include quotes of the Church Fathers, Bible Trans, that's 24,000 manuscripts there showing we've got a very accurate copy of the New Testament. You look at the evidence for the miraculous life of Christ. You look at the evidence for the resurrection. We have nearly a dozen non-Christian or what we call anti-Christian literature that we'll talk about in future shows that testify to a historical Jesus, that he lived an extraordinary life, that there was an empty tomb. His disciples believed uh, that he had risen from the dead. I mean, you've got extra biblical evidence for what the gospel proclaims as the gospel of Christ. So all of that, I think, provides what we would say is extraordinary evidence. But what about the atheist claims? Let's throw it back on the atheist claims. They have made an extraordinary claim. God does not exist. The vast majority of people believe God does exist. Look at their extraordinary claims. How life came from non-life. How did that happen? I mean, we are learning just how complex DNA is now. All right, and to get life from non-life, they have never proven their case. Yet they believe life came from non-life. That's an extraordinary claim. Do they have extraordinary evidence for that? I have not seen it. And the scientists that I get to interview on my show and others have not seen it. The universe exploded into existence out of nothing. Einstein's theory of relativity, time, matter, energy, and space, they're all interconnected. Can't have one without the other. Therefore, according to the Big Bang, the universe explodes uh, into existence out of nothing. Well, whatever has a beginning must have a cause. Nothing is not a cause. Chance is not a cause agent. But the vast majority of atheists believe the universe explodes. We got this... Uh, extremely complex, sophisticated, fine-tuned universe that exploded out of nothing. That's an extraordinary claim. That requires extraordinary evidence. And you look at the historical events that we all most unanimously believe in. Alexander the Great's life. Just how, in just a few years, he was able to conquer the entire known world at that time. Julius Caesar and his great feats all based on much, much less evidence than what we have for the existence of God and the life of Jesus Christ. So extraordinary claims require extraordinary proof. Well, I believe Christianity has it. The extraordinary claims of the atheists, they have to meet their own standard, and I believe they do not. Well, I think that's all the time that uh, we have for this week. But those are some great questions. Hey, keep sending them in here on this YouTube channel. Or once again, email me at pat at evidenceandanswers.org. And we'll try to answer all your questions here. I know we went through a lot. So I recommend that if you want to uh, see this you know, at a uh, more leisurely time at your convenience, go to the Honolulu Christian Church YouTube 
channel or my YouTube channel and you can watch this video uh, as many times as you want at your convenience or if you want more information and hear scholarly interviews on this topic I recommend you go to our radio show website evidenceandanswers.org but thanks for being with us here and aloha we've run out of time thank you for joining us here on evidence and answers radio broadcast we hope you enjoyed today's show if you would like Pat to speak at your church Bible study, or perhaps hold an apologetics conference, give him a call locally. That number in Hawaii is area code 808-483-0586. Or you may contact him through the Evidence and Answers website. That's evidenceandanswers.org. To keep broadcast, like Pat's on the air, we rely on generous support from you, our listeners. For the opportunity to donate, head on over to our website. That's evidenceandanswers.org. And you may do so right there online on the homepage. You'll also find we have a wide variety of resources available to you, everything from atheism to Zen Buddhism, including articles and additional audio for you to listen to or download. Be sure to share our website with those around you. Join us again next time on the air or online as we provide compelling reasons for faith in Christ. That's Evidence and Answers with Pat Zucaran.